2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, the Bible declares and says, But we have this treasure. Somebody say treasure. We have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. I'm going to read that part again. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Verse 8 declares, but we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down. Somebody say struck down but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may also be manifested in our bodies if you will let's go before the lord in prayer bow your heads and let us go before the lord in prayer thank you so much oh god for your movement in our midst thus far thank you also lord god for those who gave today Bless the gift, the offering, and the giver, and even those who desired to give but had not to give today. Lord God, we thank you for what you're doing here at Serve City. And Lord, not only this, in this moment, we ask that while you are blessing us here, that you bless all of the other churches around this city. Because Lord, they are not our competitors. They are our co-laborers. And so, Lord, we ask that as you bless us, that you would bless them. And not only this, Lord, I ask that you would bless all of the churches around this nation and the churches that we cover are in fellowship with and connected to all around the world. Wherever your gospel is being preached and demonstrated, let the Holy Spirit do mighty things there. And we thank you. Bless this unboxed series. And we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen glory to god you may be seated in the presence of the lord even in your home if you will in the chat grab your phone and put unboxed unboxed come on unboxed in the chat glory to god grateful uh praise the lord i'm so thankful for for the worship team and the band and everybody who blessed our socks off today uh through their ministry glory to god so in starting this unboxed series you know, uh, the, just just so you understand before I even jump in our heart around this and believe the Lord impressed this on my heart because especially in a time like this, based on what's happening on the outside, many of us are hindered, hindered from carrying out what God has placed in us for the world. And this, I, I'll tell you this, because right now many of us are moved by death. And the death that is pervasive in the land and all of the crazy and heinous things that are happening at the hands of COVID-19, if you will. And the, in this moment, I want to encourage you that the fact is that a larger tragedy than death is dying full of purpose. A larger tragedy than death itself is dying chock full of purpose. The fact of the matter is that many people today, many people today are dying. As they said, you know, the graveyard, as it said, graveyards are the wealthiest place on earth because there's so many people. It's full of people who never walked out their potential, who never walked out their purpose, who never did what it is that they were placed in the earth to do. And being born is great. But when you're born and you find out why, and not just find out why, but then begin to walk it out, this is an incredible thing. And so I want to start this unboxed series today because my desire and my hope is that through it, all of us will be inspired to walk out what God has called us to do. This is a very familiar item <laughs> to many of us today. How many of you in the chat, let me know, uh, how many of you are familiar with this box right now during this season? Come on. If you're like me, if you're anything like me, you have you have been receiving so many uh, so many things from Amazon. And this is not, you know, a plug for Amazon, although it Amazon Prime especially. How many of y'all know about that Prime Ministry? 
I mean, Prime is incredible. Not only do they got TV shows and all sorts of stuff, uh, you know, but when it comes to purchasing things, when it comes right now where stores have been closed, I mean, you can buy all sorts of stuff. And for me, I'm an avid reader. So I read tons of books. I'm always reading. I think within this, this past month, I've probably ordered uh, probably like five to seven, uh, maybe ten books, something of this nature, books that uh, will help and enrich me to become a better leader. You know, leaders are readers. Readers are leaders. And I encourage you. This is a plug for reading. Make sure that you are reading and that you are taking it in, even if it's audiobook. You know, for those of you who have difficulty. But anyway, I love it. And, you know, it's nuts because one of the most, one of the books that I recently got, you know, just an amazing book. I'm excited. I'm so stoked when I heard about the book. Couldn't wait to get it. And I was stoked when I got it. You know, when I got this book, you know, the book was picturesque. It was just so, uh, it just looked amazing on the outside. I love when people don't just put stuff out there just for the heck of putting something out there, but they put it out because they are interested in, you know, you actually loving the book. And how many of you out there, you know, if you're like me, maybe somebody can testify in the chat, you actually like hardcover books. I mean, for me, I, I love Kindle is cool, all that wonderful stuff for convenience, but I'm the guy that likes to hold the book. I'm the guy that likes to open it. I love the cover art when people put actual, you know, time into cover. And I got this book. I was expecting it, but I was not expecting how amazing it was. It came in some shrink wrap. You know, the book was, it had some amazing artwork cover to cover. On the inside, I was wowed because not only the texture of the paper, you know, I'm a nerd, I'm, I'm a nerd in that area, but I just, the texture of the paper was just amazing the way that they had it. And then not only this, I was like, babe, I can't believe this book have a bookmark in there, right? Like they, they went the extra mile. It was a nice bookmark, you know, um, it was a bookmark that had like, you know, the Nicene Creed on it. It was just, it was a, just an amazing, well-made book. To the place where I was like, man, I don't want to drop this. This ain't getting dropped. I'm not dog airing this or nothing. Like it's just it, it, the, the, the content is amazing, but the actual book is amazing. That book came in something that looked like this. And this is it, interesting because there are many of you, you've ordered jewelry. You've ordered jewelry. You've ordered all sorts of expensive things that you wear or things that you value. Things like that book that I'm talking about. You know, I've been, uh, D'Angelo has been counseling the man them on their beard. And he's been helping me to understand what I need to do in order to make sure this beard ministry uh, is going the way it needs to go. You know, the other day I was sitting there in the, in the congregation and I was trying to hide from him because I remember he counseled me not to comb my beard with a, with a metal pick. <laughs> and I was like, maybe he's not going to see me. I got to do this real quick. And after service, he came. I see him standing in the back there. After service, he came. And he's like, Pastor, I saw you. I saw you, you need to stop combing your beard with that metal pick. You need one of these and all this stuff. And he told me, I was like, okay, man, I repent. I'm sorry. And so I ordered this beard kit, you know, and all the stuff. He's like, stop using shampoo. And so I got a beard wash. You know what I mean? We turned into, you know, beard snobbing it, you know, and stuff. I got a nice little wood comb and, you know, I still have it in the little, you know, sheath and the thing that's there and whatever, you know. And so all of it came and it was amazing and it was so cool. And I love it. And now I'm not going to get rebuked anymore. But all of that came in this. Oh, I wonder if there's somebody that sees where I'm going. Something that when you look on the outside is pretty plain. Oh, come on, somebody. You know, in fact, they put this there and they make sure that in many cases they don't put too much information on it uh, because the fact of the matter is that there are people who are thieves, and yes, people will thief it in general, but if people know what's inside of it, in many regards, they're more likely to go and take it up and snatch it with their thieving selves and run away. Come on, somebody. So from looking at this box, and this is why people have been, you know, putting all sorts of cameras outside their door and all this sort of stuff, but... It's clear that although you can't judge the contents based on the container. You can't judge and determine what's inside based on the fact that this is so plain in the way that it looks. It's, it's not perspicuous. It's not, you can't just look at it and it's not translucent. And as a result, we look and sometimes, you know, we, we have no clue that the things that I have 
outlined and I'm so excited about and you've been so excited about. But those things are in there. When I think about this, the fact of the matter is that, you know, this Unbox series and we want to talk about the fact that people have YouTube channels making millions simply unboxing. So you watch and I mean, if you're one of those people like me, you go on YouTube and you just, you know, find yourself an hour later looking at cats that smile or whatever. Just random stuff. But there are people on there who unbox. And it's like, oh, there's, and it just, it just all the sounds of the boxes opening and all these things and whatever. You just can't wait to see what's inside. And they're like, here's the manual. And on one side, it's English. And the other side, it's Dutch. And I mean, but just the fact that they're taking something out of the box. It's something that's cool. There's something that's exciting about it. There's something that, you know, being able to see the treasure that's on the inside. Come on, somebody makes it potent, makes it powerful, makes it gripping and riveting so that we have to stay there and we're glued even through the, the ads, which you never watch and you just, you know, skip them real quick because you just want to sit there and see any witnesses. And so unboxing is a thing. But before I jump into the depth of this series in regards to unboxing, first think that it's imperative that before we talk about what's inside, we talk about what's on the outside. Come on, somebody. What's on the outside in the perspective of people of what is on the outside, the perspective of others, but also the perspective of yourself. The fact of the matter is that our perspective of the outside is often what hinders us from releasing what's on the inside. When it is that you look in the mirror, can I just keep it real? There are some of you, because of the, the weight issues that you have, you might be battling anorexia. You might be battling, you know, weight gain, and especially during this COVID season. And there are many of you, as a result, because of what's on the outside, it hinders you from releasing what's on the inside. Oh, can I keep it real on this morning? Some of you, your credit score and the historicity as it pertains to your financial status and the generations that came before you. When you look on the outside, the package doesn't look like much because of what they said. Let me tell you, man, if I stopped at every person that told me no, come on, I would not be standing here before you today in my sound mind. Sometimes the no's that you're getting all those no's because you just haven't found the right yes yet and there are many of us because of what we see on the outside currently because of the grades that you have received in a scholastic context it has hindered you from being able to release what is on the outside what is on the inside and so the fact is that this is the case but not only this to continue to talk about it sometimes our perspective of others the outside of others hinders us from being able to encourage them to unbox what is on the inside of them. We live in a culture that is just full of jealousy and comparison. And so sometimes we look at others and because we don't want them to excel or sometimes we're fearful about what it is that's going to happen in and through them. We sometimes will child will will hinder from giving them uh, comments and giving them encouragement because we don't want their head to get too big. When you know oftentimes it's just because you're jealous and you don't want them to succeed. How many of you know that God has enough blessing for everybody? Come on, there is enough for all of us to eat. And the fact of the matter is that oftentimes we're jealous when we don't have to be. We compare when in actuality, and it hinders us from not only fulfilling our purpose, but also we hinder others because we are called to be to the place where we push others to walk in their purpose. And so the fact of the matter is, my encouragement to you is that, the, the, that, the, that, the, that when you look on the outside, this the exterior is often the thing that hinders us from bringing out what God has put on the inside. And there are many who look down on you. Can I just talk to someone? People may be looking down on you because of what they see on the outside. And you may have received negative comments about the, the fact that you look so plain on the outside. Or the fact that you might not have a lot. Or the fact that you have been through x y and z and many of us are hindered from walking it out but i want to tell you that what's on the inside come on what's on the insides oftentimes is much bigger than the outside i'm a nerd so i've watched doctor who 
Anybody else ever heard of Doctor Who? Doctor Who is a British, you know, sci-fi series. I've watched every single season. I mean, all a kajillion of the episodes. And Doctor Who is this dude that does like intergalactic travel and goes to like parallel universes and all sorts of crazy stuff. And he does so in this thing called the TARDIS. And let me know in the chat, have you ever seen Doctor Who before? There's this thing in the TARDIS, and I love it. The TARDIS uh, is this thing. It's like a police, uh, a police uh, telephone box. And so on the outside, it manifests and looks like a police telephone box. But when you go inside, it has a pool in there, has all sorts of crazy stuff in there. He lives in there. And it's amazing because the, with the TARDIS, the TARDIS, the inside is bigger than the outside. But if you just looked at it from the outside, you would think that it's just a telephone booth. Place that you would call the police from. In the UK context, that's what they would have. And, and so the fact is, I'm here to tell you, don't let people judge you. There are many of you, you're like, man, there's so much inside of me, but I'm hindered by what it looks like on the outside. There's so much, I feel so much inside of me. Anybody other than me, you're a complicated man. Okay, come on, somebody. You, anybody else on the inside where there is some, it's bigger than the outside. It's complex. There are things in you. There's, there's, there's depth to you that cannot be seen on the outside. But many of us, we allow the outside to hinder us from being able to walk out what it is that God has called us to. And I love this text as we jump into the text today and the message. Because for part one, I want you to understand the outside. And I want you to get and realize why it is that God has placed you in this position. And also with us having the exterior that we do intentionally by God. That we can understand how it is that we are supposed to walk out what it is that God has called us to. I hope this is a blessing to you so far. If it's blessing you, you ought to say amen. So look. Back to the text, here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. The Bible says, Paul says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Jars of clay. Everybody say, jars of clay. Jars of clay, the type of clay that he's talking about here uh, is, is noted in, uh, in the Greek is the fact that he's talking about clay that has not yet been burnt by fire. This is not clay that has been already uh, burnt by fire, but it's clay that if it was to drop, it would still be able to be remade uh, and it would not suffer defeat completely if it was to fall. But I love in jars of clay, some translations say in earthen vessels. And the Bible says that, it, that this is the case. And so when you think about it and you hear this, this is powerful. We have treasure. I think about it. We have treasure like the book that I was talking about in jars of clay. Jars of clay don't sound fancy. That's not fancy at all. When you think about the exterior, you know, the treasure is powerful. But the outside, when you think of the outside, it, it, it is oftentimes we look at it and we're like, man, this is this. This, this is nothing. This is nothing. You know, uh, scripture declares and says, and somebody's like, well, I was made in the image and likeness of God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God says, let's create man in our own image. After our own likeness, the triune God decides that he's going to create man in his own image. And then he does so in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And what we see is that God gets down and he, 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 he uh, blows into dust. The breath of life into dust and man becomes a living soul. And so I want you to understand this. Yes, we were created Imago Dei, which means in the image and the likeness of God. But he created us in his image and his likeness out of dust. And so it's clear, it's clear that he does so. And this is why the apostle Paul would say what he says. He didn't use some sort, of, some sort of costly material in order to create man. He creates us out of dust in his image and in his likeness still, but out of dust. Even prior to the fall of man, prior to the fall, because people are like, oh, well, sin. Yes, sin jacked up the image 
in our lives and God is all about redeeming us to that place. But even prior to the fall, we were created miraculously out of dust. We bear the breath of God in our lives. Come on, somebody. The Ruach, the divine breath of God is in our lives and in our lungs. This is what animates us. But we are made out of clay. And it's clear that to dust we will return. So we are made out of dust. Uh, Adam Clark in the commentary, uh, he declares in his commentary around this verse, he says, the light and salvation of God in the soul of man is a heavenly treasure in a very mean casket when it comes to our body and the things that we face now especially post fall after the fall fact is that when we look at our bodies and we look at our life you know used to, I, I, when i was in the states they used to sing there's a leak in this old building and my soul has got to move. Somebody knows this. And I mean, this is, this is the song, uh, LaShawn Pace, you know. And I think about this. We used to sing that all the time. And it's like when you look at what's happening on the outside, oftentimes, this is a, can we just paint the picture? It's because we are made of dust. We are made of dust. But and God has chosen in this dust, in this, in this package, he has chosen to give us treasure the light of salvation. This is what the Apostle Paul especially is talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4 where we were just reading before this. The verses that precede this is him talking about the fact that he, they have, the gospel has been revealed to them. And they've had to experience all sorts of stuff for the sake of the gospel and, and things that have happened as a result of the revelation and the light that is in them as they are bringing the gospel to the church at Corinth. And he goes on and he says in verse 8, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. This is powerful because although we are dust, come on somebody, although we have been made in the image and likeness of God out of dust, this earthen vessel that he says, this jar of clay, it is still to the place where no matter what we face on the outside, that God has put something on the inside of us that even when we are perplexed, even when we are challenged, even when we are dropped, even when we are hurt, at the end of the day, we are not destroyed. Oh my, I wonder if there's anybody that is watching today that can testify, yes, I am a jar of clay, yes, I am an earthen vessel, but I give God praise that even in the middle of what I am facing and what's going on around me, I am still standing. Come on, somebody. In fact, in the chat you want to put, I'm still standing. I wonder if there's a witness that is watching on today that you can say like me, no matter what I have faced, no matter what I have been challenged with, no matter what I've been up against my testimony is that although i am in a dust suit that i'm still standing and god is still able to take the pieces of the things that have broken in my life and put me back together again anybody a witness and so i love it because when we talk about this and the, uh, the idea of us being on the outside you know there's this story in scripture that i love so much and I think about it because I want us to get this understanding as it pertains to purpose. Because here it is. This is the powerful thing. Uh, before I go to the story, the B part of, uh, of, 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 of verse 7 in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay, watch this, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. God has allowed for us to be able to look like this on the outside. He's allowed for us to look like this on the outside so that when things happen in our lives and people see us still standing, when stuff happens that should have killed us and our lives should have been in shambles, when we experience that loss, come on somebody, and our, and our faith should have been uh, uh, dismembered and jacked up and, 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 and dissipated at the end of the day, people can look and they 
they ask us, why are you still standing? And you're able to say that the power belongs to God. Come on, somebody. You're able to testify and witness that it's not because of me, but what's inside of me is greater. Oh, I hear First John chapter 4, verse 4. Greater is he that is in me come on then he that is in the world greater is he that's in me than what's happening around me and what is on the outside and so i love this it's all about before we talking about talk about unboxing we have to understand why we are in the box that we're in god has placed you there and don't let anybody tell you that the color of your box is wrong Oh my, can I just talk about it? Especially with all that's happening today in our society, we need to understand that God colored the box the way that he wanted the box to be colored. It's imperative for us not to allow anybody else to tell us that the box that we're in is the, it is important for us to understand and not to shame people because they look or are, are on the outside different than you. But when we're talking about purpose and we're talking about the package and we're looking at this, I love the story of Moses. Anybody else other than me, any Bible readers, if you know the story of Moses, Moses is a powerful guy. We're talking about unpacking purpose. This is how this jar of clay by the name of Moses, who is known as a murderer, uh, and he's running and he's all sorts of stuff going on because of what takes place. And God desires, even in that, unimper that imperfect package, God has a plan for Moses. Now watch this. I want us to go to Exodus chapter 3. What book did I say? Exodus chapter 3, I want us to look at this, and I want us to pack this, and I want you to know, because there's some of y'all, you're like, man, I've been in, when you think about person, you're like, yeah, I've been in church, I go to church. I'm not talking about going to church. It's a lot of people in chairs and pews that not, are not walking in purpose. Just because you're in a pew doesn't mean you're walking in purpose. Just because you're serving doesn't mean you're in purpose. Come on, somebody. Just because it's imperative for us to understand. I want to challenge you. I want to see somebody leave this series, penning that book that God told you to write. I want to see somebody starting that business that God told you to do. I want to see someone serving in the capacity that God has called you to serve in. There are often I'm walking authentically into everything he has called you to. It's time, it's time. It's Exodus chapter 3 verse, uh, I want you to, I want to read this and I want to go on and, and, and talk about this. Exodus chapter 3, here we go uh, and, and, and we're going to look at verse 1. Bible says, now Moses was keeping the flock, was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side, somebody say the west side. The west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The Bible says, I don't have time to deal with this, but and the angel of the Lord. Somebody say the angel of the Lord. Thank you. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him uh, uh, out of the flame of fire, sorry, out of the midst of a bush. So here, the angel of the Lord appears to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. Here's Moses. Moses is out just doing his due. He is out here just tending to a flock. And while he is there, suddenly, and I want you to think about this. Like, what would the man them do if you're just out, you know, walking in like Rouge Park or something? And suddenly, as you're going down the path, one of the bushes just catches on fire and it's not being consumed. You know, just out of nowhere as you're there. And so note this. You know, uh, you know, you would have bimmed right at that moment. But but the fact is that so it's happening here in this moment. I want you to note this. This is a powerful thing. The angel of the Lord. Somebody say the angel of the Lord. This is a what we would consider a Christophany, a Christophany, a Christophany is a pre-incarnate revelation of Christ. The angel of the Lord, we believe Jesus is not an angel according to Hebrews chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 2. However, when Jesus uh, showed up, the Son of God showed up to uh, the people of God prior to him actually putting on flesh and coming into the earth. He would come and you can see through scripture, uh, especially in the Old Testament where he was known as the angel of the Lord. And this is how you'll know that the angel of the Lord is synonymous with God because you'll see later uh, in the text as we continue to read. So the angel of, of the Lord is a Christophany. It's a pre-incarnate uh, Christ appearance. And so God is showing up 
to Moses here in this bush. And this is so powerful because I, I want you to understand when we're talking about the packaging and, you know, this idea of showing up in plain packaging or in earthly packaging or earthly vessels and things of this nature is not just something that's relevant to us or related to us. But God himself does this often as well. God allows himself to be contained, to be presented as more glorious than the packaging. So God shows up in a bush. All of God shows up in the angel of the Lord in a bush. And the bush is not burning. And so this is God showing up in an earthly thing called the bush. And the bush is not consumed. He's showing himself as greater than the bush. Oh, can we talk about this? This is a powerful thing. And, you know, there might be a Muslim, Muslim that's watching and you're in a position, you're like, you know, God, you know, is Allah and God can't, you know, show up. He has no sons and he can't show up and be contained or confined in a person. If he is God, that means he can do anything. And so if God can, if you say God can't, then that means that you're, you don't serve an all-powerful God. We serve a God, oh my, I love him. I love you, Jesus. We serve a God that can show up, that can be all of God in a bush. Oh my, I love this stuff. If he wants to, because he's omnipotent, he is omniscient, he is an all-powerful, most high God. And so if he want to show up in a bush, he can show up in a bush. And I love it because the gospel is declared in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. You know, we find even in talking about Jesus and who he is, the Bible says, Have this mind among yourselves, verse 5, I'm reading it quickly, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, speaking about when he was on the earth, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. This is the God we serve that can do anything. Come on, somebody. Bible makes it clear that although he was God, he thought that the, the equality with God that he had, a thing to be grasped while it was that he was on assignment in the earth. He put it aside, emptied himself, and became a servant. I know it don't make sense to you, but that's the God I serve. And here he is in a bush. Bible says he shows up in a bush and he shows that he is greater than the bush because the bush is not consumed. And he shows up to Moses on the outside to give Moses in his box form the calling and the purpose that he has for his life. And then look at what happens here. Going back to the text in Exodus chapter 3. I want you, if you will, uh, let's go back to the B part of verse 2. It says, he looked and behold... The bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And then here we go. Look at what Moses does in verse 3. And Moses said, talking about unboxing, here we go. Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is not burned. So Moses, when he experiences this, he doesn't do like the hood man would do. Like me, I would have turned around and bimmed out of the place if I saw that because that's some duffy things, right? Uh, but Moses goes and he says, nah, you know what? He goes, I'm going to turn aside to go and see what's happening. I know this is out of, this is uncommon. I know this is something that looks weird. I know that the bush burning, but it's not being consumed. It's out of the ordinary. But in this moment, I know this seems out of the box. But instead of running, instead of walking in fear, I am going to turn to it. Here it is. I want to give you this point. Point number one, I only got a few of them for you. Be willing to explore the incomprehensible. Come on, somebody in the chat. I want you to put that in the chat. Hosts, help me out in the chat. Be willing to explore the incomprehensible. Oh my, what do I mean by this? God shows up to Moses in that moment. Moses is in his, uh, he is an earthen vessel and he sees something that he cannot comprehend with the outside mind. Where he is, the outside of him. It don't make sense based on natural things for him to be looking at a book 
bush that is on fire and is not being consumed. He sees this thing that doesn't make sense, that is out of the ordinary. But instead of cowering, instead of being intimidated, he decides that he is going to, in that moment, turn aside and go and see what's going on. It's so powerful because there are many of you, the reason why you are not walking in your calling or your purpose is because every time God shows up to you in a way that you, that may seem out of the ordinary or a way that you don't understand or in a place that is aside from the traditions of your past or the things that you have been raised in or the things that they have told you or the stuff that the history lesson said, you get to the place where you're like, man, this can't be God and you turn around and you walk away. And there are many of you that are chock full of potential and purpose. But the fact is the reason why you are not walking it out is because you are intimidated. The spirit of intimidation is pervasive in the land. And there are many who are just okay with showing up to the familiar, dancing and shouting. Or if you're in a more contemplative environment, going and chanting and doing whatever it is that you do. And the fact is that because it is out of the ordinary for you, you are afraid and you are intimidated. And oftentimes your purpose is on the other side of your intimidation. And some of you who have been deciding, trying to decide whether you should be a Christian or not. It's that religion. Come on. Oh my, uh, it's that religion that you have grown up with. Some of you, God has told you it's time to be baptized. It's time you saw in scripture about he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And you know God is calling you to baptism. And every week you hear this call to be baptized. And because it is something aside from your Hindu brotopsy. Or because it's aside from the Islamic bratopsy that Allah could not have any sons. Or God is speaking to you and he's calling you. God can do anything. And if your God cannot do something, then he is not the most high God. And Jesus is calling on to you today. The Father is drawing to you, drawing you by the power of the Holy Spirit. He died for your sins. And I'm believing that many of us, because he's showing up in an unconventional way, Jesus walking on the water. And they're only accustomed, this ain't even my notes, but they're accustomed to only seeing him on the land. And as a result, the disciples are scared and they're frightful when it is that he shows up walking on the water. What is it that Jesus is showing up to you in and it's out of the ordinary. But the fact is that you are intimidated and so we've got to be willing to explore the incomprehensible. Now I didn't say you need to listen to every single thing. But Moses goes and he explores. He goes to see what's happening. Many of you, yeah, there are things that show up. I'm not saying everything that's supernatural is of God because you can have dreams that will lead you into the, come on somebody. You can have stuff happen and people say stuff to you. And I'm not talking about going and looking at the horoscope and things that are condemned in holy writ in the scripture. That's not what I'm talking about, living your life in that regard. But I'm saying that many times there are things that happen and pop up in our lives and we run away, but it's actually God revealing himself. So going back, if you will, to verse 4, I'm almost done. I want you to see this. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. So here, oh man, this is powerful. Not only does the bush show up and the bush is there and the bush is not being consumed in that moment, but it's powerful because God knows the bush knows his name. He's calling out to him and he's saying, Moses, Moses. And he says, I will. T-. And in this moment, uh, when he's when he when he calls out to him and says, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take the, your sandals off of your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Somebody say holy ground. Oh, I love this. So Moses shows up. God knows his name. He has a personal experience and a personal encounter with God. But in that moment, God stops him and says, don't come near. I mean, didn't God show up to talk to him? Isn't the reason why God showed up in the bush to interact with him? Yes, most definitely. Didn't God call his name? Yes, he did. But in that moment, here's point number two for you on my way uh, to the landing pad. Treat God's revelation with reverence. 
Oh my, I am a friend of God. You know that song we sung there? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He knows my name. I love it. I'm so grateful that the Lord knows my name. Come on, somebody. But even though he knows my name, as John 15 lets us know that he calls us friends and all this wonderful stuff, at the end of the day, he is still God. And the fact is, one of the things that is lacking in and the body of Christ today, come on, where we're in these environments, I know that we are so loose and so lax with our coffee shops and our bedazzled and ripped jeans and we preaching in J's and t-shirts. And that's amazing. I'm excited about the fact that people from all walks of life can look and say, oh, this is somebody just like me. And this is an environment where I feel comfortable and I can truly come just I as I am. But I want us to understand that although God... God might reveal himself through some ripped jeans and some come on somebody and a tank top uh, or some short sleeve shirts or some J's I want you to understand that at the end of the day no matter how he reveals himself and how close we are and cool we are with him that he is still our God and deserves our reverence many times and this is why I'm frightened yeah we don't preach in robes every week and all that and, and all those sorts of things but at the end of the day there's, there's reason behind why a lot of people do that because the fact is that the thing that is used to make people get to the place where they are comfortable and where they are able to come in oftentimes distracts and deters people from realizing the holiness of God Moses is like yes he called my name I'm hearing people making songs talking about Jesus is my boo and Jesus is my boyfriend. He's not your boyfriend. I don't care how popular you are and how popular it sounds and how cool it is. I am honored and I am humbled that Jesus would know my name. I am humbled and I am honored that God would know the numbers of the hairs that are on my head. But at that place, that revelation should not hinder me from reverence. And many of us, the reason why we are, why we are, we are, are not uh, unboxing what's inside of us and why we are unable to receive the instruction or what it is that God has called us to is because, because Jesus showed up in a bush and we got to the place where we're like, this is cool, and said our name. We forget about reverence. And we forget about worship and his holiness. And so in this moment, he, you know, Moses takes off his shoes and he's in that place because God tells him to do this. And I love this because this is how we know that it's God. I want you to understand, as I shared with you even earlier, uh, that the angel of the Lord was God in this text and is in the bush revealing himself. Verse 13, just to skirt by this, this is an important part. You know, for those who have heard the word Yahweh or even Jehovah uh, in the, is, is more of the, uh, is another translation. Here we go. Uh, but, but verse 13 says, then Moses said to God of Exodus chapter 3, if I come to the people. So this is the, the place where Moses gets, Moses, uh, Moses is called by God and Moses is to the place where he receives the anointing. Uh, he receives the calling of the Lord in, in Exodus chapter 3. And so, and actually, you know what, before I go to verse 13, I want you to, I want you to go ahead and I want you to see this. And so after, after this takes place in verse 4, uh, Moses, when Moses, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called him out the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, don't come near, this is holy ground. And then verse 6, and he said, I am the Lord your God, the fa your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And a Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And he was in the place now because he realized that this was God. So this is what I'm saying. God is the one that's in the bush. And God is, the, God is calling Moses and tells him, I'm going to use you to set the people of Israel free from Egyptian bondage. So this is what he calls him to do in this whole passage. And so after he issues this call and he says, when I put on the inside of you, although the outside says murderer, although the outside is pretty plain, although it is just a vessel and a jar of clay. And when people look on the outside, those are the things they see. When you look in the mirror, those are the things you see. He says on the inside is a deliverer of my people. Oh my, somebody. And he, and he shows up in a burning bush to let him know this. Verse 13, then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am 
who I am. I love this. And he said, say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Here it is. The Lord God, the God of your fathers. This is important because notice here in the text, when Moses says, who am I going to say has sent me uh, that, that sent me to you? He says, tell them I am. And then he goes on. He says, tell them the Lord God. Somebody say the Lord God. Now this, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord has, is used, if you will, over 6,800 times, almost 7,000 times in Scripture. This is the proper name of God, the name that the Hebrews would not even pronounce. They just have it in their, uh, in their, in, in the, uh, in their letters. And if you read it from, uh, from right to left, because although we read from left to right, they read from right to left. And so you have what we would transliterate as a Y or a Yod. Or, and then an H, which we would say, which they would pronounce, hey. Uh, and then a W or a V, as we would transliterate as vav. And then an H, which is hey. And so when you see the Lord God or the Lord, it is the word that they won't even pronounce. It's called as called the, 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 the uh, tetragrammaton. Everybody say the tetragrammaton. And so this is the name of God. Where you see Lord, and we've translated it to the Lord, it is the name of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the name of God, which is Yahweh. Everybody say Yahweh. And so you're seeing a lot of songs right now that are talking a lot about Yahweh and that are talking a lot about Yehovah or Jehovah because we in our uh, Greekified way to pronounce it, uh, we would say Jehovah. But really from a Hebrew perspective, the Y-H-V-H or Y-H-W-H, you know, reading from the right to the left would be Yahweh if we were to put, uh, put vowels in there according to our language. But this is the most holy uh, name of God this is the most high God and this is this is this name that is declared and so I love it because it is related here when he says I am it's related to the Hebrew word haya everybody say haya haya and this is the word to be and so Yahweh, he's saying, I am that I am. Isn't this similar to Jesus when Jesus was, remember when he was arguing with, uh, with, the, with the Pharisees and they were trying to check the man them in John chapter 8. And they showed up, he showed, they say, you know, he talks about how Abraham rejoiced to see him show up. And they're like, yo, how on earth, are, you're not even 50 years old. How on earth do you know about what Abraham was rejoicing to see. And he goes, before Abraham was, not I was, he said before Abraham was, I am. And this is him again connecting himself to Yahweh. Oh my. This is why they end up picking up stones to stone him because he's making himself equal with God, John 8, 58, he says, before Abraham was, I am. This is one of those texts that, uh, that speaks boldly about the deity of Christ. The fact that Christ, that Jesus is God. And the reason they stoned him or they wanted to stone him is because he was making this clear in a way that they as Jews would understand. So he is the Lord. And this is, the, this, is, this is Jesus that's showing up in the bush calling Moses to get to the place where he goes. And he is a deliverer where the deliverer on the inside is unboxed. And I love it because the Bible makes it clear as we continue in the passage he goes on, he says, then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he said to Mo, uh, so he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put your hand, put uh, your hand and catch it by the tail. And he puts out his hand and catches it by the tail and it becomes back a staff again in his hand that they watch this may believe that the Lord the God of their fathers Yahweh the God of their fathers the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you again the Lord says to him put your hand inside your cloak he puts it in and then when he puts his hand inside the cloak and when he took it out behold his hand was leprous like snow in verse 7 then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he then, 
uh, then he, he put it back in and and then you know and, and ultimately it's restored like the rest of his flesh and he says if they will not believe you god said or listen to the first sign they may believe the latter sign if they will not believe even these two he says listen to your voice you shall take some water from the nile and pour it on dry ground and the water that you shall take from the nile will become blood on dry ground i want you to understand they're looking at moses he's moses is concerned about what they're going to say on the outside he's concerned that he's going to show up and they're going to be like who is this waste you showing up talking about god is going to god is going to god sent me to deliver you and he's like and there and god says to him he shows him that he's going to back him up that the inside is bigger than the outside he says, I know what it looks like to you. And I know you're battling insecurity in this moment. But I want you to know, here's point number three. And then I just got one more and I'm out of here. God will back you up in the face of man's unbelief. God will back you up in the face of man's unbelief. I want you to understand. I want to challenge and talk to someone who is battling insecurity. And you're like, why would they want to hear what I have to write? Why would they want my YouTube channel to be out there? There's already all sorts of YouTube channels that are there. And you know that I battle what I battle. And God is saying at the end of the day, stop being scared. All you got to do is go out there and do what I told you. And I'm gonna back you up i want to talk to somebody that thinks that it's about the outside it's not about the outside god has a plan that is bigger on the inside than the outside and no matter what people will say if you be obedient to what it is that he has called you to you can trust and believe that he will back me up in fact in the chat you ought to put god's going back god's got my back come on god's got my back if you believe it that he be that he is one that fulfills his promises you ought to put it in the chat god's got my back and you ought to give the lord praise right there where you are if you know that no matter who walks out on you or downplays you that you don't have to walk in a place of insecurity because God's got your back and I love it I love it because verse 10 is I hurry to my last point but Moses says and this is chapter 4 Moses said to the Lord oh my Lord I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and of tongue. And the Lord said to him, watch this. I mean, do, am I the only person that's ever battled with God and had this back and forth and just talked to God about stuff? Like God doesn't know who I am. Like God didn't make me out of the, as a jar of clay, out of the dust. He goes on and he says, the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? So Moses is like, I have a stutter. I am unable to communicate. And so he goes on and he says, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, Yahweh, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. And verse 13, but he said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Then watch this. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? Some of, some of us think that Aaron being the mouthpiece of Moses was God's design. Aaron only accompanied Moses because, Aaron, because Moses was unwilling to walk according to what God promised him. And says, in his anger, he told him, there's Aaron. But God's initial intent was to use Moses with his stutter. I know that you're not eloquent. I know you're not verbose. I know you're not soliloquious. I know that when people look at you and hear you, they're not going to hear perfection in the area of speech. But I didn't call you because the outside was supposed to look great. I called you and formed you out of dust so that people could know that when they hear you, that it's not because of your eloquence that I've sent you, but it's because of the power that is greater on the inside of you than the fact that the thing on the outside looks and sounds the way that it does oh who am i talking to back to the text he said so that the surpassing power of god's greatness may be seen and it's not us and so he challenges us aaron was a filter god wants you to walk and be unboxed with no filter 
Aaron was a filter. Come on, somebody. Aaron was something that was a secondary thing. God's saying, I didn't call you to live a filtered life. There are some of you, you're walking in purpose, but you're being filtered by something or someone that is there because of your insecurity. But God has not, you're not walking in complete obedience to what it is that God has called you to. Oh, do you know how powerful it would have been if Moses showed up with, let, 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 let my people go and God used him in that place because he wouldn't have been able to get the glory neither would Aaron it would have to man would look on the outward and they would see the power of God yes God uses Moses as a deliverer but imagine how much more glory God could have got gotten out of his life if with his stutter he showed up even though the outside looked like this because the inside is bigger than the outside. Come on, somebody in the chat, uh, you ought to put God wants no filter. God wants no filter. No, I'm not talking about going out there looking crazy, saying whatever you want. God wants you to purely do everything that he has called you to and, and, and realizing that he can use you. Here it is, and I want to give you point number four in the last one. Notice he says, he starts out and he declares and he says, you know, they won't believe me or listen to my voice. He says, because you know in the past or even right now i have never been clear of speech can i tell you the fact of the matter is there are some of you that you're in a position where based upon your past or based upon what's happening right now in your life the challenges and the struggles you're facing you right now are in this position based on the past what you couldn't do in the past or what's happening and what you feel like you can't do right now. You are, you are stopping. You are halt. You are, you are hindered. You are to the place where you are not unboxing because of what happened in the past or what's happening right now. Here's point number four and I'm closing on this. Don't let the inabilities of your past or your present hinder God's possibilities for your future. Don't let the inabilities of your past or your present hinder God's possibilities for your future. I want to encourage somebody today that's watching and you're like, man, um, based on the outside, based on the outside, the past makes it seem and the present based on how I look, this earthen vessel, what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, my emotions, my current comfortability, I'm okay. Some of y'all, you like this because it's not threatening. And so because it's so plain, you're to the place where you're like, I just like blending in. I like nobody knowing who I am and what I am. But the fact of the matter is that God did not design you like this so that you could just be hidden. Come on, somebody. But he designed you like this so that people could see that what's on the inside is greater than what's on the outside. You're not called to blend. You're not called to just fit in. You're not called to just be there. But God, if you... God had put you in the earth with a purpose. Don't let the outside hinder you from walking out. I, I love it because we serve a God who shows us this. God not only was in a bush, but God was in a pillar of cloud. We serve God that was in a pillar of cloud because he's greater than the cloud. He demonstrated himself as a director, a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. He demonstrates himself as greater than the elements. Come on, somebody. We serve a God that decided to show up in a manger. Instead of riding in on a decked out horse, pimped out horse, he says, I'm going to show up as a baby in a manger because there was no room in the inn. The manger was, uh, and, and he, he was born into a horse's feeding trough because there was nothing in the earth that deserved more glory. And people would have focused on the pomp and the circumstance at that time. But he's like, no, I, I'm going to show up in a manger and show myself as greater than the manger. Greater than the horse's feeding trough. He shows up God in the blessed virgin Mary. God in 
a woman. How powerful is this concept? And then God, Yahweh, in a man. The person of Jesus Christ. And it's just so powerful. And he shows up as a man around men. And he is greater than any man. He is greater than a manger. He's greater than cloud. He's greater than fire. He's greater than a bush. He shows himself as the greatest. And I love it. So that no thing and no one, no element, no creation will be able to get the glory that belongs to him. And I love that he chooses to use you and I. What an honor and a privilege it is. Made in his image. We're the only creation made in his image. After his likeness. But even we exist to give him all the glory and to give him all the praise with our lives. And so somebody watching, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Don't sign off yet. I want to encourage you to open yourself and to do some introspection. Look at yourself. Are you being unboxed? Are you living a life that is turning away from the supernatural, from the way that God is revealing himself to you? Has God revealed himself to you, but you missed it because you're irreverent and you don't treat his presence with reverence? And you don't, you're not honoring him, his revelation? Are you to a place where, where you're at the place where you don't realize that God will back you up? And you're not unboxing because of the way you look and you're like, are people even going to believe me? And God is like, listen fam, I got your back if I told you to do it. And are you to the place where you are allowing the inabilities of your past and your present to hinder you from the future possibilities that God has for you?